Well, hey there, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. We are in season two of the Praxis Podcast, and we've been talking about discerning decisions, how we come to a sense of God's leading and will in our lives, where maybe the right answers aren't readily apparent. And we've been having conversations on episodes we release on Mondays, talking about just the process of decision-making, talking about the role of the scriptures, the spirit, um, community, uh, all of those topics and more we're discussing in this vein of discerning decisions. But we're also having this parallel track where we're um, hosting a number of people as case studies, as they talk about how they faced a significant decision and how they sought God's guidance, leading peace in the midst of something where maybe the immediate decision was not immediately clear to them. So today I'm joined for one of those case studies by the Dr. Larry Vold. <laughs> He's smirking over there. Say hi, Dr. Larry. Oh, hello, everyone. It's so great to be here today. Thank you, Pastor Max. I'm excited to be here. Wow. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm in the presence of greatness here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <so. laughs> you need to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, for those of you maybe who are listening, I imagine a lot of our listeners know you, but why don't you just introduce yourself, say a bit about who you are, some details about your life, et cetera. Sure. Great. Well, thank you, Pastor Max. I, Larry Vold, as you said, I've uh, been at Three Crosses now for 43 years. Actually, wow. 44 years. I just realized, 2024. Yeah, I came in 1980, uh, so t- 44 years. Uh, been around here. Uh, met my wife here. We have uh, three grown adult children with uh, four grandchildren. Uh, well, three and one on the way next month, so I say four grandchildren. And we're excited about that. Um, Carla is the love of my life. I couldn't mm. do ministry without her. She's been really kind of a backbone in so many ways in my life and keeping me uh, out of the ditch and off uh, <laughs> and out of the weeds. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's amazing. Um, mm. And it's been a privilege and honor to be a part of this church ministry. I often, when I walk up these steps, think, Lord, you've been so kind and so gracious to me that, to allow me the privilege of having served here this long. First came and worked in student ministries mm. for a number of years, then our family ministries, and then um, was demoted to the senior pastorate because uh, <laughs> oh. I always thought the other ministries were way more excited. But I, I accepted the call, and, and I say that a little facetiously, but mm. uh, just have enjoyed serving in that role for 23 years. Um, and then in 19, 2019, I stepped away, and Pastor Danny came in, and uh, now I'm in just a support role, uh, kind of freedom to do basically what I feel called to do, which is really what I always felt called to do, which is to serve people, to Mm. love them, and to disciple them in the name of Christ, and to build the church of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, Kind of picking up on a theme in that, before we get any further, we have a feature on the podcast, which Mm. in Praxis Podcast fashion, I did not tell you about before we started, (laughs) but it's a feature called The Precious Moment. And so this is a time where we share about something that's happened in our life recently that's just bringing us joy. Maybe it's just something as you sit here now, you see it in your mind's eye and it brings a smile to your face. So I will go first because I just sprung this on you. Um, And as we are recording this podcast, I have just come back from Disneyland. We do an annual for the last season of time in our student ministries. We've done a, an annual Disneyland trip. We took like 180 or something like that, middle school and high school students down to Disneyland. And I'm one of the bus drivers uh, here at our church. And so I drove a bus full of middle school girls 
uh, down to Anaheim, and um, my they were lovely. Um, and uh, my, my family went as well and stayed in a hotel nearby. And so on Saturday, just got to um, spend the whole day in Disneyland with my family. I have three girls, 10, 7, and 5, and um, it was just so fun. The weather was great. Um, we were in there from like 9 in the morning until midnight, uh, just wow. rides and food and just laughs with my family. You know, most of my kids can now do, even my five-year-old can do a lot of the rides. So we went on rides together. She's so fearless. You know, like I remember as a middle schooler, I was like petrified of roller coasters. You know, and here my five-year-old is like going on these like crazy things. I'm like, man, you're so much braver than me, <laughs> you know? But uh, it was just a lovely day, a lovely time, and it's something that put a smile on my face for wow. sure. Wow. Well, while you were in Disneyland, and that's a great story for sure, uh, I was home this weekend. We watched our three-and-a-half-year-old uh, grandson for the weekend as our daughter and her husband were out of town. And so it was a long weekend, as you know, so we had him Friday <laughs> sure. through Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's very active and uh, was up bright and early, 4 o'clock in the morning, all three days he was with us. Papa, let's play, you know, so you can imagine <laughs> four in the morning, like, okay, well, let's oh, go no. play. Like, I, it was a little bit of a stretch. But the precious moment to me came when we went out to a little movie, um, cute little movie called Migration. Uh, I would recommend it. It's, okay. Uh, I would see it again. It was really, really good. And we just had a great time, just fun, laughter. He was laughing with all the jokes, and he was tracking <laughs> with everything that was going on in the movie. And then when we came home, uh, I said, Max... Thank you so much for going to the movies. I had such a great time. And he said, no, Papa, thank you. Aww. I said, are you kidding me? I'd never heard a little kid three and a half say something like that. So I was really blessed. That was a very sweet moment. And we just had a great time. The whole weekend was, we were exhausted at the end, but it was worth it. We had a great time. Mm. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. You bet. <sighs> Well, now we come to kind of your discernment story, and this is actually something I asked if you'd be willing to share about. I've been here at Three Crosses for three years. In fact, I have not been alive as long as you've been in ministry here at Three Crosses, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but a story that just intrigued me and I had asked if you'd be willing to, to speak about was just your um, kind of the pastoral succession of kind of handing over the role to now Pastor Danny. And uh, maybe for people who aren't as familiar with kind of life in the church, um, pastoral succession is difficult, you know, kind of. Yep. And I was even, I thought about that too, as you shared about starting here in students and with families, and then you were kind of on the other side of that succession, right, of kind of moving from a different role in the church into the senior pastor role, and then right. you coming to a point where, hey, I feel like it's time perhaps for me to step aside and have someone else lead this healthy thriving church in this East Bay area. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that's something that for you, as in just my observation, if you have an incredible person of deep faith and conviction and love of the Lord, um, to the degree to which you're willing and, and able to talk about just what that process was like, I think it would sure. be a blessing for those listening. So yeah. could you just tell us a bit about the situation for which you were kind of seeking God's leading and direction, kind of what was happening when you felt like, I think it might be time for a change. Yeah. Wow. It's excellent. Uh, and I'm honored to talk about this. And I have shared a little bit over the years in different settings to do it. But, I, you know, I would just say a couple simple things. First of all, um, 
I realized early on in ministry that everybody in ministry is an interim pastor. Mm. Uh, nobody stays in the same place forever. When I went into youth ministry, I thought I would be in youth ministry forever. I actually wrote my master's thesis on developing a long-term uh, youth ministry, uh, basically from beginning to end kind of thing. Wow. Uh, and I was modeling, following a guy that was out in Modesto at the time. His name was Bill Stewart, and he was a guy that... in. At this time, I was in my early 30s, and he was probably in his late 50s, and he mm. was doing high school ministry yeah. and killing it. Like, yeah. you know, hundreds of kids, campus ministry, camps, retreats, speaking. He was on the circuit of, you know, youth ministry specialties and all this stuff. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I thought at the time I was going to be in youth ministry forever. Mm. And then as I continued in youth ministry, I realized like, ah, you know, um, it, it felt it felt different to me, and so I started uh, becoming aware of the fact that that's not it's not true that you're in one thing all the time doing the same. So I felt it was a pretty uh, foregone conclusion that all pastors at some point change and they move into a different direction, yeah. um, uh, based on God's plan for their lives. And so here's the question you're asking: Is well, how did you come about in this process? You know, I'm a firm believer in the fact that God's Word is very clear on many things, but not clear on everything. Mm. And so we do have decisions that we have to make that are not found on the pages of Scripture. But I like to think about like verses like John 10, 27, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, and they follow me. Yes. And so there is something subjective about what Jesus has to say. And of course, mm. His Word is also His voice, and so that's not subjective. But there is a subjectivity to like the nudges, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians talks about, um, you know, that, that those who are being uh, uh, led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Yeah, uh, Romans uh, chapter eight. Um, and so there's there's uh, there's a lot in Scripture about being sort of in in step with the Spirit. You know, uh, walk in the Spirit, you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. So there's this a nuance of like. Um, walking in a daily way with your ears open, your heart open to the leading of God, knowing that he's going to lead us to places that we didn't even expect. Mm. And I think of like Proverbs 16, 9, that says, you know, the plans of a man belong to his heart, but the Lord directs his steps. So I might think I'm going this way, but then boom, something happens and I'm going a different way. So early on, Max, in in the ministry here, um, I, you know, came in under a pastor named uh, Dr. Jake Belig, and he was just an amazing guy and had a very long, you talk about long term, he was 42 years as the senior pastor. Wow. And he was only the second pastor of the church. Um, The first pastor, the founding pastor, actually had a heart attack and died uh, uh, on a Sunday after church. (laughs) Um, you know, so you never know. I always think about that. Like, this might be my last sermon. <laughs> oh, my He was goodness. in his 40s. Wow. So, you mm. know, uh, so so Jake became the pastor. He served 42 years. And so he had a long established ministry. He had built two facilities, the one in Oakland. You know, I don't mean he, him, but under his leadership. Right. 84th and MacArthur, and then here at uh, John Drive. And so you talk about an established, powerful, you know, evangelistic ministry. And so coming and sitting under Jake was a great thing. But as as the years progressed, as I w- worked my way around the ministry of student ministries, college ministry, young adults ministry, young families ministry, yeah, it kind of felt like our church was needing a change. Mm. Jake had been here a long time, uh, and I was very close with Jake. Jake brought me in on a lot of stuff. Uh, structure was a little different than we have now. But in my mind, I kept thinking, like, maybe Pastor Jake went a little too long. 
here. You mm-hmm. know, like we never, thankfully, we never had any crisis, but we had attrition. We had people like would come, get saved, and just like there, there wasn't enough like in the substance of the services. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to be unkind. I, Jake, Jake was in the lane that God had made him. He was an evangelist. He was a godly man, an amazing leader. Yes. Um, but I think maybe in my thinking, I was thinking, you know, Jake, uh, he was, you know, in his mid seventies, still going strong. Like there was no end to, to the, to the process. And, yeah. and I could see sort of this baseline of, of, change going on in our church. And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me then Mm. about like, wherever I end up being, um, maybe, you know, kind of consider an earlier departure out of that senior role. Because I think the senior role is really critical to the whole makeup of the body. Sure. You know, I mean, um, I don't want to go into all the statistics, but you know, the, the role of the senior pastor in a larger church is just really important for there to be continuity, uh, momentum, purpose, focus, all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think there does come a point where, you know, you're on the tail end of that and there needs to be some change. So um, kind of fast forward, Jake, you know, and the board felt like I was probably the next person. We have a kind of a different polity. There wasn't a big vote in our congregation, but they had kind of talked about this and brought me into it. But it was probably about a four year sort wow. of like, you know, this is what we're thinking. We, you know, like we can't promise, but we're just considering like you might be the guy kind of thing. And so I just kind of, you know, to be honest with you, Pastor Max, I, I didn't hanker for it. And in fact, it scared me to death. I thought, I don't know if I want to be the senior pastor of this church, all the expectation, the history, everything. Sure. Um, but I said, Lord, if you want me to, if you want me to do it, of course I will. Mm. So, so prayer throughout. I become the senior pastor in 1996, uh, a really good transition, probably a pretty easy transition because the church was really ready for change. Jake wasn't leaving. And by the way, just before this, I had actually written my doctoral thesis on successful transitions from a long-term senior pastorate into retirement. And so I did case studies of larger churches like ours and whether they went from, uh, how they did it. Did they go from the inside? Did they go to the outside? Did they raise up a candidate from within? Da, 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 da. And so I built kind of a scenario of the best way to do this. And I did it on the basis, I did, built this scenario around our experience. Jake stepping down, staying in the church, me welcoming Jake to be a part of our ministry, not in the organizational side, but just to honor his leadership and honor his work. How long did he stay on in the church? Until and- he died. Wow. Yeah, and so he he stepped down in when he was eighty years old. Wow! And he died when he was ninety-seven. Wow! So he was around a long time. Um, That's incredible. And now for the last couple of years of his life, he wasn't at the church. He just was too frail and not able to be here. Uh, but I would see him. I'd go out and visit him. Um, and he was just a. A, a wonderful man. Uh, I, I would consider him like a father in the faith to me. Mm. Um, and he treated me that way. He treated me like one of his sons. And he had three sons, and I was very close to those three sons too. Uh, they're, uh, they're just tremendous men of God, all of them. Um, so, so early on in the process, I kind of had in my thoughts that, okay, I kind of know the way it works best, succession going out, uh, someone from within being the next senior pastor, the former senior pastor sticking around, being sort of the you know applause cheerleader to the to the new leader, letting people know that we're good, everything's good, you know, like 
because people make such weird, erroneous conclusions, you know. In fact, sure. even when I stepped out under really good circumstances, there were all kinds of rumors going around, like Larry was forced out. There was, you know, like all this nonsense. <laughs> sure. People love nonsense. It's <clears throat> just really interesting. And it wasn't so much from people in our church as much as it was just people that were like on the peripheral, you know, and they wanted to put their own spin on things probably. But sure. So anyway, so Pastor Max, I would pray and say, Lord, you know, like, at some point, I know this is going to happen, help my eyes to be open when it does so that I'm at the front end and not sort of catching up to it. Mm. Um, and so probably about year uh, 15 as the senior pastor, um, I'm like coming up into my upper 50s. And I somewhere in the back of my mind, I kept thinking like, you know, I don't know if I want to be the senior pastor into my 60s, like some, maybe early 60s, but... For sure, by 65, I think I should be out. Now, you say, well, how did you discern that? Really, more of a pragmatic experience of just observing effectiveness of other leaders, having done my case study and looking very closely at how churches manage this and what... There's sometimes extraordinary leaders that can go way beyond the 60s and 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 praise God for them. Sure. Um, and Jake was probably one of those guys, too. But I knew for myself... Um, there was the weight, uh, a lot of things in my own life. I felt like there's no way I'm going to go beyond, you know, my mid sixties. And of course I had people, when I started spilling that with different leaders, uh, I had leaders just trying to talk me off the ledge and saying, you know, like, no, you know, like you're, you got a lot of gusto and you know, you need to stay in this and we want you to be the pastor till you're 75, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) but as I kept, as I kept thinking about this, in a very good space, uh, the Lord just kept reminding me that, you know, and I love Psalm 34, where it says, uh, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Now, we, we often interpret that as like, delight yourself in the Lord and then he'll give you what you want. But actually, just with a little change of emphasis, that is what it's saying. He'll give you what you want. He'll put the desires in your heart for what... M- brings glory to him. Yes. So for me, that was kind of like um, the Lord saying to me in, in the nudges, like, you're, you're going to come to a point where it's going to be okay to step aside. Now, here, here's what the Lord had sort of put in my heart. And sure. I don't know if I'm just talking too much here. No. Okay. Th- this is me talking to you. So okay. this is okay. you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> the, what the Lord started saying to me was, this is, I said like, 15, year 15, 16, 17, I started sensing that if I were to make a change at some point, and by the way, the ministry at this point is good. There's things going on great. There's no, we're not in crisis. We're not in a financial issue, all this stuff. And the Lord used that kind of good season to tell me, this is the way you need to go out when it is time. And here's, here's what it was. Very specifically, I was on a motorcycle ride. Uh, and I was coming down out of uh, Arnold uh, in the in the Sierra foothills. Yeah. And I distinctly, I don't, I've never heard God's audible voice, but mm-hmm. it came almost in rapid fire. This is the this is what the season will look like for you, Larry, when it's time. And here's what it was: you're going to be passionate about ministry. Still, you're not going to be going out on a stretcher. You're going to be going <laughs> out like like ready for more. Okay, yeah. that's the first thing. Interesting. The second thing. The church is going to be financially stable. There's not going to be a crisis. We're not going to be in a deficit. 
We're not going to be like pleading for people to give money because we're just having a hard time. The church is going to be uh, well-resourced. And then thirdly, that the church was going to be healthy. You can have churches that have good money or good resourcing and not be healthy. Yeah. That correlation doesn't always go together. Um, but, but I knew the Lord saying to me that those were like the, the trifecta of when it would be okay for me to step aside. And of course, the X factor in all that was, and there needs to be somebody that can step in. Sure. And that somebody would more than likely be somebody from within. And that's the, from all my study and research, that's what I was kind of aiming at doing. So we had had a couple of guys over the years that were kind of like the, hmm, I wonder if, you know, sure. and I won't mention their names here, uh, but there were certainly pastors that were very effective leadership style, good teachers, loved, beloved by the church, got along with me, every, all that, great. Yeah. But then they would move on, or there would be a sense of you know uh, change in their own lives to where uh, they either decided, like, I'm not going to be a senior pastor. Some people decide that. They don't want to be a senior pastor. Sure. If they get around senior pastors too much, they say, forget it. I don't want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> and then others say, I, you know, th- they just accept a calling uh, to go elsewhere. So... So those max were the three things, and then the X factor of who the person is. And along around 2017, the Lord started showing me that there was uh, someone within our ranks. It was, it was sort of like I used the uh, illustration of the planets lining up, you know, sure. where, where those three things were true, and we have somebody in our midst, and the, the person was Pastor Danny. And he, at the time, he was, he was also in a time of evaluation thinking about, I think, to be honest, I don't want to speak for him. He's not on the podcast right now. He might be a good one to do as well. Sure. But he was, you know, he was thinking about whether he should be here or somewhere else. And so I knew that yeah. there was sort of a time factor involved. I knew he wanted to be a senior pastor. And so we, Danny and I had some personal talks about that. And, and the Lord kind of gave me the green light that Danny would be a guy that we should pursue. And so then I went to the board and I shared the vision of that. And this is really all before... The board was ready. I, I was not resigning. I was just saying that I, you know, I feel like this is a transition time that we ought to be aware of. I had the board reading books that were about transition just because I said someday this is going to happen. And it wasn't like a backhanded plan or anything, but it just yeah. kind of all came together during that time. Sure. And so, um, you know, of course, there was a lot of buy-in. Danny was a guy from within. He was loved. Um, he had done preaching here. People cared for his preaching. And all that. So there was just a lot of really good positives in that. Um, so then now that the process, okay, so how do we know all this is really of God? Um, well, as I continue, you know, John 10, my sheep hear my voice, they hear me, they follow me, they, under, they understand my words, my, my voice. I've, I was sure that the Lord was saying, Larry, this is, it's time for you to s- let someone else into this role. I felt like God had given me the opportunity to do everything in my heart to do for three crosses. Mm. Um, There was nothing left that I wanted to do. I could keep doing more of what I was doing, but I felt the church needed something different, and that comes through different leaders, you know? So um, we, I, I listened first to the Holy Spirit, continuing to affirm. I would have conversations with people in my... Um, circles of influence, and I would share with them confidentially some things I'm thinking of, and I would get affirmation. I think that's another way that God uses uh, 
to help us to discern his will in areas that are not, you know, I'm not going to open the Bible and say, this is, you know, you need to leave three crosses or yeah. whatever. Um, it's, so it's Proverbs, right? It's wisdom. It's asking God for wisdom. I always, uh, people come and say, how do you know God's will? I said, well, if it isn't on the pages of scripture verbatim, then it's all about wisdom and applying wisdom. And God will give it to you, James 1, if you ask for it, he'll give it to you. But he doesn't always give it to you all at once. And you might need some help discerning the wisdom. And so that comes with people, experiences, weight, load, all of that. Um, so another couple of years go by, Danny is in a training module and we could, there's a lot more detail in all this, but Danny's kind of being trained to be an effective senior pastor. He's doing all the things that I'm doing. He's coming to board meetings. He's being a part of leadership decisions at a higher level. He's sure. um, all of that. And, and Danny just, to me, excelled in every single one of those areas. And um, when it came down to the fact of then the board hearing, like, I felt like, okay, now all the planets are aligned. We have a guy that is, is a great fit. We have a healthy church. We have a financially resourced church. I have health and strength. Um, let's do this. And so the board prayerfully considered that. And they deliberated over a period of a couple months. We actually had uh, uh, a person come in, kind of um, a coach in succession. He was a guy that I knew uh, from a former ministry opportunity uh, speaking somewhere, and I, just a really dear guy. And he had written a lot on succession as well. And he kind of came in and did some coaching with our board on this theme. And so we had other resources beyond just our own thinking. It's always good to make a decision in a plurality of people and in a plurality of contexts. And so it's not just me, and it's not just me and you, because you know me and we all feel good about things, but then it's also outside. And and then it's, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, conversations with people on the, uh, not on the leadership fabric and other areas. And so sure. you can never go wrong with you know, through the multiple of counselors, your plans succeed, the proverb says. And so not every counselor was on the same page, but there was enough commonality to where it just seemed like it was right. And I'll never forget the day I got the call. I was actually on vacation. Um, the, and I knew the board was in a place of coming to a decision. And uh, I got the phone call from the one of our board members who said the board is unanimously moved to invite Danny to be the next senior pastor. And uh, so now we need to just work on our transition plan. And I remember how <laughs> it's like the thing you want and then the thing like it's happening, you know. And I remember there was a, a mild sense of it wasn't euphoria at all. It was more of like the, the beauty and the weightiness of a big change going to happen now in my life again. Uh, and, 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 and yet, you know, not to major on that little piece, but there's when you make big decisions, there's never a it's done. There's always new ripples of things sure. that take place. So I would just say in summary, um, you know, you want to be listening to the Spirit of God. You want to obey what God's Word is saying. And here's another point. If you're not obeying what God's Word specifically says is your is will for your life, then you're going to be foggy on stuff that's not going to be stated explicitly in Scripture. Sure. So not perfect, but no like sin in my life harboring or holding anything against the will of God in my life, I felt like the Lord was leading me. And so hearing the voice of God, uh, testing it to scripture, 
listening to good counsel, giving time, because big decisions are good to take time, and then having in your mindset without selling out to the things that you feel are the the objects that you're hoping for, the anticipated outcomes, you know, healthy church, financially resourced, um, Larry still in a in a mental and physical state of of well being, and and a guy that's a good candidate, and so God did it, and I, to all the glory of God. I mean, to, gl- to all to the glory of God. I want to say, um, I've told people when they've asked how we did it because, as you said, transitions in churches succession is usually a disaster, um, and I've seen them, and I I tested them um, in your doctoral dissertation. Yeah, exactly. So. So when people would ask me, they'd almost say like, hey, give us the secret. You know, like, I, we, we not get our hands on your dissertation. I'd say, <laughs> well, okay, I'll give you my mm-hmm. dissertation, but don't get your hopes up. You know, I, I would tell people, we're not smart enough. We're not spiritual enough. It's the hand of God using failed people that are just trying to hold on to his glory and walk in his glory um, for, that he would be glorified. And then he does the work and he opens the doors and, you know, You've been here a while, but you weren't here right at the very beginning uh, of the transition. And the transition, I think, went seamlessly the first year, and then we hit COVID. Right. And then poor Pastor Danny, I remember thinking, wow, the Lord was so gracious in getting me out of this role. (laughs) (laughs) I teased Danny, I go, I'm so glad you're the senior pastor right now with all these terribly hard decisions to make. Yeah. And he had to make a bunch. Yeah. And there was some... There was some toll to all of that, uh, and you know he worked through all that. We've all worked through it, but no senior pastor got through the COVID experience without some problems. Sure. And so I'm proud to pieces over what Pastor Danny has done. I'm behind him 100. percent I'm grateful to serve under him in this leadership, which is also a different experience, you know. Yeah. But I love it. Um, I feel like I'm still doing what God's called me to do, and uh, on the other side of it all, I'm grateful. Mm. I think as I reflect back on what you've shared, um, I think two related ideas come to mind. One is is humility, you know, and just an ongoing openness from the start, you know, of your 43 plus years, 44 years in ministry is just an open-handedness about God's assignment for you. Yeah. And I was even, I was thinking about, uh, I was listening to a, a guy who was a hospice nurse and he's talking about how he was, um, you know, he'd been present for the death of thousands of people on hospice care. And, um, and he said he was one time at a training for doctors and nurses. He had a heart attack. Wow. He had to have a triple bypass surgery, you know. And he said, that's, you know, it took on a new dimension <laughs> for me because wow. here I am counseling all these people who've experienced traumatic wow. situations, and now I'm that person. Wow. You know, so it's one thing to have your doctoral mm-hmm. dissertation be about transition, you know, yeah. and the right time to do it. But then when you're in that place, you've been that leader mm. and you're sensing this nudge from the Lord to, um, Hey, I think it's, I think it's time. You know, you talked about hearing on that motorcycle ride in Arnold of like, here's what it might look like, you know, yeah. to be at a place of health. And, you know, <clears throat> mm. when you're, when you're holding that power, it's like, I'm, I'm the leader, you know, and I've been mm. called by God into this thing. I, I could put my finger on the scale you know, and people follow me, they trust me. And, yep. and I just heard that, that thread of, from the start, I, I have this open-handedness. And then when that, that 
commitment to open-handedness is tested because mm. it's like, I could bring this back, you right. know? Right. And I mean, I, I haven't... I changed my mind. <laughs> most people who know you know uh, that you're one of the most physically fit uh, 60-something-year-olds that I personally... You're, you're fitter than me. No, um, <laughs> if you knew the truth. You're in better shape. If anybody could pastor until they were 80 with vitality, it's you, you know? But to say, you know, now I'm... I was. I wrote about this. I had thought about this, but now I'm in that place, and I'm still committed to what God's shown me. Mm. You know, I think that there's an incredible strength of spirit in that, right? Mm. Of um, kind of a, a John the Baptist. You know, this is my time to decrease, to transition. Amen. You know, into a different kind of influence, a ministry I've been called to, and I think that that's in those moments. That's when really we need the strength of the Lord mm-hmm. to um, honor our commitment to walk with him in integrity, you know, mm. and it's like, Hey, I've written about this. I've talked this and now it's time to walk the talk mm. and in the leading of the shepherd, you know, hearing mm. his voice, like you were mm. talking about in John 10 mm. and um, you are an incredibly humble person. And I think that that does speak to just the importance of that mm. Christian trait, you know, mm. of that fruit of the spirit, that just the mm. reality of walking with God, being humble before him, mm. um, is so vital. And I think related to that is just preparation, mm. you know, and thinking about people who are hearing this and their own decisions, just the power mm. of preparing, yes. you know, that this transition, this big decision, mm. you were looking for it and looking toward it mm. way before it came. You know, it, yeah. it would have been very different if a crisis brought it on. Yep. You know, a lot of transition is because of crisis, yep. right? And it's like, oh, we have to make it. And then you're kind of playing from behind. Yep. And then it's it's hard. You know, God always provides, but... Yep. I was just struck by the power of preparation mm. in your story mm. and in your life, right? Your mm. spiritual preparation of like, mm. hey, I'm right before God. I'm pursuing him personally. Mm. And um, mm. you were in a place, right, where you knew a mm. significant decision would be coming. I'm not afraid of it. Mm. I'm not running from it. I'm not uh, pretending it's not there. I'm not rationalizing it away with, you know, kind of spiritual terms. Mm. But mm. Uh, I'm facing it in the strength that God's providing, and I'm ready for whatever he has for me. And I think that that seemed like mm. a big ingredient in well, in the success of your decision. Pastor Max, thank you. That's really, that's a blessing to hear that. I'm glad that from the outside, you know, from hearing the story from the outside, so to, so to speak, that that's, that's come through. And I, um, I'm grateful uh, for that. Thank you. Um, I mean, I think you shared a little bit about this, but kind of since making the decision, making the change, you know, how do you feel yeah. about the decision that you've made? Yeah. You know, you're kind of in a place you mentioned where you're doing ministry about with things you're passionate about. Um, yeah. And uh, just as you look back on the whole process and reflect a bit, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, does anything come to the surface for you? Yeah. Boy, that's really, that's an insightful question. I think, to be really honest, uh, there were times where I suddenly, you know, one of the things I realized very early on in the transition post leaving, you know, the, the, the role of the senior pastor is that sure. I, I enjoyed being the senior pastor and sort of like, um, not holding that as what made me who I was. Mm. So I liked meeting people and circumstances, other pastors and, and never sort of like, you know, only leveraging the fact that I was a senior pastor of a really, really special church so that it would garner um, maybe more influence to help them, not to not to like ride it over them. Sure. 
So when I left that role, suddenly I felt a little displaced in Mm. that I don't have that now. And so the Lord had to just work on me to say like, okay, now, you know, now it's about just being the person you are. You have no title behind you anymore. You know, you don't have any title that says, um, I don't have to care about this because of my role, but I'm going to care about this because of who I am and before Mm. the Lord. Mm. Uh, And I love that. But not having that, uh, the Lord just kind of helped me to see that I'm still, there's, there's no disadvantage, mm. you know, I'm still who mm. I am before the Lord and, and he's the one that we want people to see. And yes. so just, you know, and, and believe me, I'm not, uh, if you hung out with me more, which, you know, you, you would see, like I, <laughs> I get a lot of people that just say wonderful things and I'm really honored, but I'm also, I'm humbled also because it's just not all true. Yeah. You know, and you could just ask my family, you could ask my, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I've got a good reputation, but I'm a normal human being. I, lo- I lose it at times. I go crazy. My temper can flare. I can be upset. I can be doubtful. I can be prideful. I can be greedy. I can you know, list any sin that's in the Bible. And I can <laughs> sure. be it. Yeah. But by the grace of God, he's just reminding me that I can leverage all that by just saying, like, I'm a fellow struggler too, but this is what God's done in my life. So that's one of the outgrowths of this whole thing is just being kind of in a way a a normal person yeah. and just trying to serve people. Mm. That's kind of fun. Yes. Well, as we kind of bring this conversation to a close, I mean, you shared a lot, I think, within your own story of just God's guidance and wisdom for people making decisions. But, And this is hard to do for pastors, you and me both, but to be brief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, just to maybe if you had to just pick out of the air one piece of advice yeah. for somebody who man, I feel like I need God's guidance in this decision, and you could tell them one thing, what would it be? I'd say stick to the knitting. Mm. Do the basic thing. Keep doing the basic thing. Do the right thing. Mm. God's not going to waste anything in your life. Mm. And if you're worried about some big looming decision, you can't save up for that. You just got to be making good little decisions every day. Get up, read your Bible, Ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Mm. Walk with him. Confess at the end of the day where you didn't walk with him. Go to bed. Get up. Repeat. You know, and and he'll show you. He'll lead you. Trust him. That's it. He doesn't waste anything. And that's going to conclude our conversation. Um, Larry, thank you so much for being willing to share your story, share yourself and your experience. I, I know My um, it's going to be a blessing uh, just in your openness about God's working in your life. So thanks so much for being on the Praxis Podcast. Thanks for having me. That's all for now. So tune in for future episodes as we continue to talk on this subject of discerning decisions. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.